Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Ivy. And this is episode 53. Today we're going to be talking about chapters 13 through 18 of Flashback. So this is like part two of three of the Healing Center saga. I feel like we're not going to have a lot to talk about today. So the section starts off with Keefe visiting the Healing Center where Sophie is there. That wasn't a correct sentence. Sophie's there. Um, Fitz is also there, but he's still unconscious, as he has been for the last, like, hundred pages. Uh, Sophie recently has tried to, like, she's decided that she wants to start weapons training and start, like, learning how to defend herself against the never scene. so she's trying to improve her telekinesis. She has, like, this little knot of bandages, and she's trying to learn how to unknot it using telekinesis. Yeah, I I think that's a really cool um just direction that they were going in. I feel like they did this in like Nightfall and or Lodestar. I don't remember where the oh skill training Lodestar, but then they kind of stopped doing that. But then they kind of brought it back with the whole like I'm gonna learn how to fight thing in this one. So that was cool. Yeah, I feel like skill training is a thing that like. Every once in a while, they remember that it's important. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Every time skill training comes up, it's very cool to me. So I think they should do it more. Well, yeah, I think there's, like, a lot of stuff that they could do with the skill training. Like, we got it in Neverseen and in Lodestar, but, like... And they've kind of teased that um, there's, like, something about elves value talents more than skills so maybe it's more important to make sure everybody learns the skills but like that never really gets um that never really gets explored a lot it's kind of just brought up when it's convenient but never developed so then Keith comes in Sophie actually asks him to teach her some of the stuff that he learned while he was with the never scene back in never scene slash lodestar and he teaches her something called foot energy foot energy foot energy which is apparently like your telekinesis or whatever you're doing can get stronger if you like use your feet while you're doing it aren't your feet just like blocks of skin i guess they have bones in them i don't know i imagined it as like as kind of like when you're throwing a ball it helps when you move your okay like, yeah take that's, a step. that's what i was yeah. thinking of. yeah i don't think foot energy ever gets brought up again <laughs> oh okay i'm gonna say like that's interesting because it's um it's a little bit at odds with the whole thing that the elves have going on where it's like mind over matter you know physics is not yeah mind over matter like physics isn't real right this is like a mind helping matter kind of thing or other way around matter helping mind matter helping mind yeah yeah so the next scene is we meet we get to meet the new bodyguards. So Sophie now has a whole like legion of bodyguards, one from each intelligent species. So there's okay, I, I always forget what their names are, but there's Sander, Bo is the ogre, Nubidi is the dwarf. Yeah. What other species are there? Tarina. Tarina is the troll and then Flory is the gnome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, I think those are the five. Wow, your memory is good. Or, well, you just read it, but... 
still very impressive so yeah they meet the bodyguards and ro has this weird kind of um hatred slash romantic tension with Bo. okay i will say their names are too similar like well that was kind of the point like they rhyme it's the ballad of Bo and ro no yeah but it does yeah it doesn't work it doesn't work this is why also if you want to get technical about it their names are romilda and botros so it's not like they were born with rhyming names. Wait, I already just I just assumed <laughs> Okay, don't I I assumed that Bo's full name was like Bo Milton. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like saying that the triplets' full names are Rexter, Lexter, and Baxter. But they are! They're yes, no, they're Baxter, Lexter, and Rexter, and their last names are Bisney, Risney, and Lisney. And I will stand by this forever. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. Anyway. But yeah, Bo's full name is Botros, but they call him Bo all the time, so. Anyway, yeah, this compulsively heterosexual relationship that they didn't need is now here. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a relationship, though, to be honest. It's just, yeah, it's like kind of like a funny thing. Well, because they're exes, right? Are they? I thought that they were or betrothed. They were married, but then they don't like each other anymore, something like that? Well, no, I think they never liked each other, but then they had an arranged marriage, and then they didn't get... Okay, I thought it was still happening, but maybe not. Maybe they broke it off. Oh, maybe. I don't know. They haven't explained that yet in the book. I think it's interesting. Why do we all... I mean, at least among the hosts of this podcast why do we all like sansel but we're like you bow and row well because neither sander nor grizel is annoying both bow and row are annoying you do have a point there the world isn't ready to hear it oh, okay at least how i feel personally is like sander and grizel act like adults for the most part and like they're very mature and stuff and like they treat each other with mutual respect, and Bo and Ro kind of act more like kids, so which I think makes them like relatable and like funny as characters. But like it also, I can't like treat their air quotes relationship like the same way as Sansel. Yeah, that makes sense. I also feel like Bo at this point, we know nothing about him. Like he doesn't really have a personality. That's true. He's just like, why so serious? Yeah. Well, he is the serious one. Rose, like, why so serious? Meanwhile, guess where Sophie still is? The healing center. I think in my reread, this was around the time when I started being like, wait, she's still here. I'm not sure exactly how many pages in we are. I think it's like, we're like 200, 300 pages in. And. They have not left the healing center. They're still in there. Keith, not Keith, Fitz is still unconscious. Huh, yeah, you, you'd think there could be less of that. Yeah, and I mean, like, not to, like, complain about the book, which is exactly what I'm doing, but not to complain. <laughs> but, like, this, this next section is, it's focused on Keith and Sophie, where they're, like, trying to, he's trying to teach her how to regulate her body temperature to do more skills, things like that, and... Like, yeah, it's sort of cute. There's a lot of so going on. But also, I'm like, guys, 
there is a war going on. And you are spending your time having a fluffy scene in a hospital while one of your friends has been unconscious for 200 pages. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't really remember what happens in the rest of the book, so maybe this is implausible. But you'd think that they could, like, spread out those scenes in, like, other places in the book and maybe even, oh, make them relevant so that, like, they're, like, interesting. Okay, I, 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 I will say that I did like the healing center scenes. Like, I thought they were, they were, like, enjoyable. It was just, yeah, like you said, it kind of drags on because at, at a certain point you're like, wait, why are they still here? Because they're doing nothing else. But, yeah, like, if there was something where, like, Sophie, they go to, like, a cave, and then Keith is like, here's how you regulate your body temperature so that we don't all freeze and die in this cave. Or, like, if they, like, had to go back to Everest or something. That would be fun. I think there should be more callbacks to the first three books. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the first three books now are, like, have kind of been rendered unimportant to the main storyline and this is this is unrelated as well but like i think it would be fun to bring back some of the everblaze stuff yeah they haven't used frisson in so long yeah remember when everblaze like learned like figuring out how to stop the everblaze was the main conflict of the books and now i don't think they've even seen a fire the whole book I mean, maybe the fire blooming between Sophie and Keith. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need some person to put that out. Um. So then there's a bunch of, like, more scenes about skill training that all just kind of come in a row, and I wanted to skim. And then Fitz wakes up. Woohoo! Finally. Thank you, Fitz. He, so he wakes up. His heart is not doing great because it was stabbed by a shadow. <laughs> Um, yeah, getting stabbed will do that to you. Well, it technically wasn't, like, stab-stabbed with, like, a weapon. Or, like, a it was like a stabbed. sword or a metal thing. I mean, he wasn't stabbed like Mr. Forkle was. I think it's, um, it's implied that it works like a solid thing, though. I'm not sure exactly how the mechanics of, like, a shadow spear work. Or, like, a blunt object that then shatters and then goes into you. I heard that yawn, too. Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. We're keeping that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't remember like the exact nature of Fitz's injury, so I don't know if he was actually like physically wounded or if it was more of a like it just knocked him out kind of thing. Like a Anna and Elsa thing, struck in the heart, the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Or like struck in the heart with like a knife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I thought it was like Sophie's hand, where, like, it got hit by the thing, and then it was like, ow, and then, but, like, more, and then, and then it also kind of seeped in there. Right, more, because it was, like, in the middle of his chest. Yeah, and also, yeah. Wow, think about it. Fitz, at this point, has been stabbed twice in the same spot. I feel like we talked about that when, um, the book came out, like, He's just, like, he keeps getting stabbed. It's, like, every main character at this point, I think, has been, like, mortally wounded at some point. Have they been? Probably. I mean, well, we also do have to think about, like, 
what is mortally wounded in the lost cities because i feel like it's a little bit they have more fixing you technology i think if it's bad enough i think if it's bad enough the bullhorn lies down next to you then that counts oh that's true okay okay yeah so sophie had that in the first book allergic reaction yeah oh wait also that also when she almost faded yeah also like several other times i feel like she's almost died several times and then fitz had it um in never seen and then now keith probably had it at some point i don't know he's like dumb so he's probably (laughs) he's probably done something well keith i feel like keith was pretty injured when um in nightfall when he fought the ogre king the ogre king dimitar yeah Biana, we haven't seen, but probably after Nightfall. And then, who else is there? Tam and Lin haven't really gotten mortally injured. Yeah, not yet. There's still time. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, they probably will. That's kind of it, because the other ones like haven't been there long enough to have anything. So after Fitz wakes up, they um they start Cognite training again, because... Fitz wants to work on making his telepathy like equally strong as Sophie's because I guess it's a thing that cognates have to have like the same level of telepathic ability in order to be effective in their cognate thing. I think that's a little bit unfair because Sophie's literally the most powerful telepath who's ever lived and is genetically modified to be so, but you know, go off Fitz, I guess. So Sophie and Fitz train their telepathy together by checking in with Sylvanie together. And this is one of my favorite parts of the Healing Center section, actually, because this was a part that I surprisingly actually liked. Sylvanie basically senses Sophie is injured, and then she's just like, okay, all right, who do you want me to fight? (laughs) Sophie really has um, three good moms, huh? (laughs) Wait, is this the first time that Fitz talks to Sylvanie, or is it he might have done it before, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Because I remember the first time he did it, Sylvanie was like, ah, 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 who's that? And then he was like, Sophie's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, and then this is when things actually start to get interesting. Well, in my opinion. Um, because I really like the direction that Fitz's character goes in this book. I think I've talked about this before, but um, the next part is when Fitz and Alden like reunite. They're still in the healing center, but like they talk. And Fitz is not very happy that Olvar is living at Everglen now. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just a little bit um, just not so bit. happy about it. <laughs> so he and Alden actually get in this pretty big argument. And this, this is the first time in the series, all seven books, that I have felt like Fitz actually has a well-defined personality. Woohoo! <laughs> Wow, same same section, Fitz gets to wake up from his coma and get a personality? I think the Shadow Spear gave him a personality. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. I agree that um Fitz's character in flashback is um it's very interesting. Like interesting in a good way because I feel like usually it's not interesting if that makes sense. Alright, so I'm gonna actually skip to um to the very end of this section because it's related to Fitz. So in flashback, I feel like Fitz's character is finally kind of like 
embracing his asshole tendencies like i and i mean that in like the nicest way possible i still love fits yeah i agree though i agree what what's the section that you were looking at like what what did he do oh right i forgot to say the context um so uh sophie and fitz are they're talking um and the topic of matchmaking comes up and there's well there's there's a lot of red flags in this conversation i'm gonna kind of go through it but Sophie is sort of like, hey, don't you think that matchmaking is kind of like morally wrong because of so and so? And like, I don't really want to do it. And then Fitz tells her that she's overthinking it. And he then he says he wants to delay his ma- like getting his matchmaking list until she registers for the match. And then Sophie's like, no, 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 dude, matchmaking isn't for me. And then he's like, oh, well, I'm not trying to pressure you. Mm. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. (laughs) Wait, oh my god, you're completely right. Fitz is a manipulate mansplain male wife. Oh, that's true. He's all six. (laughs) He really is all six, isn't he? Yeah, and like, I noticed Fitz was doing that earlier in the book as well. Like, Like, at the beginning, when Sophie and Fitz were like training with the throwing... It was either knives or stars or, like, something. Oh, yeah, the, the goblin throwing stars. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Sophie was like, mm-hmm. wow, this violence is rip. And then Fitz is like, that's an accurate representation of Sophie's mind. <laughs> and then Fitz is like, yeah, see, Alvar is evil. Ha 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 ha. See what he did to you? Ha. And then it's like, wow okay but like i i i don't like that as a moral concept but i like that for him you know because it's like interesting yes i agree yeah my relationship with fitz in this book and legacy honestly is very much a like a i don't agree with your decisions but i respect that you're making them kind of thing right yeah because i i do think like sophie and keith in particular both of them i feel at this point, are, like, pretty well-developed characters, and they have a lot of, um, you know, stuff, but they both always, like, they always make the decision that you expect, and that is, I think it works very well for this series, but that also means that I want characters who will make the decisions that you don't expect, and I feel like Fitz is kind of becoming that, um, and I love that. Um, Going back a little bit, there was one scene, like, in between the two fit scenes that I um, thought was interesting. Um, this is when Fitz and Keith are both awake and in the healing center together. And they they get into this weird kind of half argument that kind of seems like they're, like, fighting for dominance or something. I don't know. It was weird. But there was this one um, exchange um, where Keith was like, well, I make everything better. And then Fitz says, oh, like giving Sophie the pendant that helped the never seen find her. It's just like, oh, huh. What happened to your friendship? Yeah, it is always a little bit weird when it's like um, when the main characters get into conflicts about things that aren't like that are stupid and unimportant. I was searching for a better way to say that, but yeah. Like, okay, because I was thinking, like, um, like, when Dex makes the ability restrictor, everyone's, like, really mad at him. And, like, 
I, I get that. Like, that's kind of valid. But then it's just so funny to me. <laughs> it's so weird to me when they fight over, like, like things that aren't that. Like Sophie Foster. Like Sophie Foster. It's like there isn't even a conflict here. That's about the whole section. There was one last very quick thing that I wanted to say, which was, as I was reading, I was just thinking, where is Bianca? I would like to see her. Oh my god, yeah, I love her. She's my favorite. I miss her. I would like to know where she is and how she's doing, and that is all. Me too. I I also feel like Bianca is someone who can kind of be like Fitz, but like a better and nicer person like <laughs> she's fits but better i love that description no but like if that makes sense like 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 kind of like taking her role as a side character because she kind of is a side character yeah at this point yeah and so allowing her to like to go outside of i have this very clear image in my head right now let me see if i can like okay so you know, like, Orbeez? Oh, the little, like, the ball things that... Yeah, they have, like, jelly inside them or something, and then you can, like, squish them in your hand? Yeah, exactly. So, the characters are inside an Orbeez. Sophie and Keith are kind of... have been kind of moving towards the sides of the Orbeez. But they... they don't have enough... Like, they have to center everyone else so they have to stay inside the orbies but now if you have other characters who don't need to center the other people they can go outside of the orbies and then that makes them interesting and cool i don't fully understand that metaphor but yes i agree so let's move on to social media you can find us at keepercast on tumblr and the keepercast on instagram and you can find me at Melting on tumblr and instagram uh, and you can find me at aelin-ashriver-galathinius on Tumblr. This has been KeeperCast. See you next week.